Welcome back to another episode of Next Gen Athletics, a podcast all about college sports. In today's show, we're going to talk about all the chaos that has ensued in the Sweet 16 and look at some really fun matchups for the Elite Eight. I know this will be a quicker episode, but anyways, ladies and gents, let's kick the tires and light the fires. This is Next Gen Athletics with your hosts, Trotter Scarce and Thomas Woods. Yes, sir. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Next Gen Athletics. As always, I'm your host, Trotter Scarce, and he's back, ladies and gentlemen, from the Midwest, from St. Louis himself. Thomas, how you doing, bud? I'm doing great. It was a great trip to St. Louis. I got a lot done. Um, I got really close with my group. It was just a really great trip. And um, I mean, unfortunately, I missed a little bit of good basketball, I think. But you know what? Um I was able to get the, the gist of all of it, and so I'm excited to, to be back on the podcast and, and talking to our fans again. Absolutely. We definitely missed you earlier in the week, but we were glad you were out um, in St. Louis doing what you were doing. Thomas, we have a, a March Madness that, I mean, with the kind of craziness of the year that we've had, it shouldn't surprise us that it's so crazy as it is, right? Like there was never really a one, two, three, like you normally have in a college basketball year. And we're seeing that in the tournament. This is the first time in history, a number one seed has not made it to the elite eight. It would be the first time in nine years that a one seed has not won a national championship. It's hard now for anybody to really kind of set themselves up. We've got one, two seed. We've got more five seeds and we've got anybody else. I think it's really interesting just kind of how the whole thing has ended up playing out. Yeah, I mean, we should have seen this coming, but even so, I didn't. Um, so, so much wild things have happened. Like, it's just constantly surprising me who's able to win games. And so coming down the stretch here, I really don't have a good read on what's going to happen. Um, I, would, I wouldn't be surprised with really any of these eight teams making it all the way and winning the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, I think we're at the point now that, you know, I we stopped making picks after the tournament started, right? Like, we we kind of had this agreement, like, you know, let's just see what happens. Like, there's no need to to try and make any picks or, or make a read on anything. Let's just let it play out, do what it does. And, I mean, if we would have tried to make picks, I mean, I doubt I would have really gotten many right. It's just been uh, – it's been a pretty bizarre tournament, to say the least. Um, I went on the show – the other day and pretty much said UCLA was going to win and they lost. So clearly that just kind of shows my read on this tournament, but you know, credit where credit's due. Some of these teams that are winning, they're doing it in really impressive ways. You look at a team like Kansas state really kind of stands out to me in the way that they're playing and how they're scoring the basketball. This is a Kansas state team now that, I mean, they've got to be one of the favorites coming out of the big 12 to, to win the national championship. Yeah, I would think so. That team is so exciting to watch. And that game against Michigan State was one that, man, it was just crazy. Michigan State surprised me how well they played in that game and just in the tournament. But Kansas State continues to find ways to win. They, they have a prolific offense, and Keontae Johnson is just such a good basketball player and such a great story 
it's hard to kind of root against them at this point in the tournament, I feel like. And I'm just excited to see um, how the rest of their tournament plays out. I definitely agree. And the play of Marquise Noel as well, you know, set the assist record against Michigan State. They had that crazy lob play where he looked like he was arguing with the coach and Johnson made the back cut and and caught the lob for a reverse dunk. I mean, it was just it was something of a story, right? It was like we were watching a movie unfold in front of our eyes. Definitely one of the best games we've seen all tournament. And later on, it backed up with the Gonzaga UCLA game. I mean, I'll be real honest. I was watching that game and at halftime. I turned it off because had some homework to do. UCLA was up by so much. I turned it off thinking, man, UCLA is going to run them out of the building. Like, this is going to get ugly. And I checked the score after I was done with homework. And Gonzaga was up by 10 with like three minutes left. So luckily, um, I turned it back on and watched the ending. And what a bizarre ending. I mean, UCLA comes roaring back down 10. The, they hit this clutch three to take the lead by one with 13 seconds left. And Gonzaga comes down the floor. And they run this little, like, you know, the, the toss back play pretty much. And he pulls up, right? The guy pulls up from, from the logo. And I, I thought to myself when he did that, I was like, man, like, I don't know that I would have done that. Like, that's kind of weird. When he hit that shot, it was like a cartoon when the draw drops and, and it and it hits the floor. I mean, I was just dumbfounded that he he had the guts to do it and then pulled it off. It was it was awesome. It was phenomenal. I'm not a huge Gonzaga fan, but in that moment, greatness recognizes greatness, and that was phenomenal. Yeah, I feel like that shot was almost a little bit forced, and they had some more time to get a better shot off, and they just didn't go for it. And so, I mean, what a shot, what a moment for for that kid. But I mean, Gonzaga. First off, I just need to apologize to him, man. Oh, yeah. I hated on him all year. Here they are, Elite Eight, a chance to win the whole thing. Um, and they beat they beat my my favorite in UCLA. Um, it was a great game. That was one that um, really shocked me. I feel like Gonzaga's just kind of just scraping by right now, but that's all it takes in March. Just keep just keep winning, no matter how much you win by. You keep winning, you're in a good spot. Um, so Gonzaga's really surprised me so far and how well they've played and. I just want to shout out Drew Timmy, man. What a leader of this team. Uh, 36 points. I mean, that, that's a crazy good game from him. And he was just the leader of this team. He's kind of the reason that they made it this far, I feel like. And I think they're just, they're just riding him and seeing how far they can, they'll take him. Yeah, I mean, we definitely we definitely owe Gonzaga fans an apology. But at the same time, like maybe we don't because we haven't gotten them with the next-gen curse. So if they lose to UConn, that's on us. But – uh, I definitely think, you know, the whole time I picked I picked them to lose to TCU, they won by three. I definitely had them losing to UCLA, they won by three. At this point, I can't say anything against them. I mean, Drew Timmy is playing out of his mind. So, you know, credit where credit's due. Gonzaga's winning basketball games when they're supposed to. They're playing really well. However, they are going to get a UConn team who is just balling right now. They are blowing teams out. They beat um Iona by almost they beat them by over 20 points they beat St. Mary's by 15 points they beat Arkansas by 23 this is a UConn team that is killing people so I think it's going to be really kind of fascinating to see exactly how Gonzaga tries to limit the scoring of UConn and how UConn's defense can maybe contain a guy like Drew Timmy from from dropping 40 points on them yeah I really do think that UConn's probably been my team that I'm most impressed with this this tournament this March they have they've been just so unstoppable um just blowing teams out like you're saying and I kind of I kind of mentioned in the Big East tournament how I thought they had a good chance that they were getting hot at the right time 
And I think they've really continued just to prove that statement to be right. Um, they're a very, very hot team. And that's the scariest thing that you could see this late in March is a team that's just playing confidently, um, blowing teams out. And so there's kind of two ways I see this going is that that continues and UConn can be just that dominant force that they've been or Gonzaga can keep it close. They've already won two back-to-back close games this March. Maybe UConn's not ready for a close grinded out game at the end of the game. And so I think this game really kind of depends on what team can can get their tempo and what team can get their brand of basketball playing. And um, I think whichever team establishes their brand of basketball will, will walk away with the win here. I definitely agree. And I think either way, you know, kind of regardless of of what happens in this game, it's going to be just a, a phenomenal basketball game all around. I really uh, this is a game where going in, I don't necessarily see a clear cut favorite. Right. Like you kind of have other games that we can talk about that, you know, I'd sit there and say, well, you know, I really think that this team is a clear cut favorite. Like I look at that FAU Kansas State game. Kansas State is a clear cut favorite. Right? There's no there's no real debate about that. You know, FAU's here. Right. Credit to the to the Owls. I named them as the 16th best team and in my rankings in the last show when they beat Tennessee. Tennessee just kind of underwhelmed. Not necessarily super surprised by that. But, um, you know, FAU's winning basketball games, kind of like we mentioned with Gonzaga. But, you know, this is a Kansas State team that they're going to get that is way, way better. So clear-cut favorite there. We look at this UConn-Gonzaga game. you got a four versus three. You've got a, a team that's playing really, really hot in Gonzaga. They're winning ball games. They're kind of scraping by, but a win's a win. And then you've got UConn, who is blowing teams out. They're dominating the competition. So I, I think that regardless of, of how this game goes and who wins, I, I do think that this is going to be a, a statement-making performance from these two programs. You had a team in Gonzaga who everybody doubted them all year long. I mean, we weren't the only ones hating on Gonzaga, right? Lots of people were saying Gonzaga's a sweet 16, a second round, and no way they're getting to a Final Four. Here they are against a Gonzaga team, or excuse me, a UConn team that, I mean, listen, I, I honestly think it's a 50-50 chance if they win or not. So credit con- to Gonzaga. UConn's looking to, to make a statement that they're quote-unquote back. You know, you think about UConn basketball, you think about national championships. So I, I think that these are going to be statement games for these two teams. I agree. I feel like both these teams kind of had a similar uh, story of their season where they were very hyped up at the beginning of the year um, and couldn't quite live up to expectations. And then they turned it around when they needed to most. Uh, Gonzaga, let's keep that. Everybody wrote off after losing at home for the first time in such a long time to Loyola Marymount. And then UConn went through that stretch where they just couldn't win a game to save their life. Now here, both of them are in the Elite Eight, playing for a chance at a Final Four, maybe even a national championship appearance. A great story for both these teams, and and just I'm excited to see how this game plays out. And that kind of leads me into my next team that we're going to talk about, Creighton. Creighton, again, another team like we mentioned with Gonzaga and UConn, was ranked as high as seventh at one point earlier this year, had some injuries. They lost six straight games, just kind of fell apart. And then all of a sudden, they get healthy. And by the end of the year, they're playing really good basketball again. And now we're seeing a Creighton team that is just taking care of business, right? They're not blowing teams out necessarily, but they're beating teams by enough for it to be a dominating performance. They beat uh, NC State by nine. They beat Baylor by nine. And then last night they beat Princeton by 11. Creighton team at scoring uh, a lot of points, 72, 85, and 86. They're going to get a San Diego State team, though. I mean, you could make an argument that that San Diego State game last night, I took to the Twitter page and tweeted it out. 
beating Alabama might be the upset of the tournament just because of how well Bama was playing and how much of a mismatch it was going to be if the Aztecs were going to get a win. But listen, they did, right? This is March. This is craziness. The Mountain West, you know, is probably just singing the praises of San Diego State right now because, you know, we took to the airwaves not too long ago and said, listen, you know, Mountain West, you kind of let us down. We thought you're going to do better. And here they are. They got their champion in the Elite Eight. So I think that whoever wins this game, obviously, it's going to be a great story. Both of these teams are, are kind of getting this far for the first time in program history. So I'm really excited to see um, this game on Sunday night. I'm really excited just to kind of see which storyline ends up prevailing. Yeah, for sure. Um, a great season for both these teams just to make it this far. And I think, again, I need to apologize to San Diego State. I thought they didn't really have a chance of really beating. I, I thought they were really a possible second-round exit. Um, and here they are in the Elite Eight. And I, I look around the – the bracket, and they're the last team that I feel like is really rooted on their defense that's made it this far. You know, we've seen teams like Iowa State that we've talked about and a team like Virginia or Tennessee, UCLA, so many of these teams that are just rooted in defense that kind of fell apart early. San Diego State has held on to that identity. Um, I mean, holding Alabama to um, 64 points is a very impressive uh, feat, and they've just kind of done that all tournament, um, like – Alabama scoring 64 is the most they've allowed all tournament. And so they've had, they've done a really good job of just keeping their identity and holding, holding true to that, that defensive minded thing. And then Creighton. Yeah, man, I feel like injuries just riddled this team early in the year. And so a lot of teams wrote, a lot of people wrote them off and here they are ready to compete. And this game is another one that I just feel like it does not have a clear cut favorite. I definitely agree. You know, I mentioned on the podcast about, you know, Tennessee, and I said, listen, if you're Tennessee, you've got to do what you do, right? You've got to play defense. You've got to do that. And I could have mentioned that for San Diego State as well. I just almost felt like there was just there's no way, right? Like Alabama's going to beat them. There's no way they lose. Well, you know, San Diego State did exactly what I said Tennessee needed to do, and that's stay true to what you do, right? We're at the time of year now to where your identity is, is you're, that's your identity. You can't change that now. You're in March. You've gotten here because of that identity. Don't get away from it. If you lose because of it, you lost because of it. You got beat by a better team. Um, but, you know, I think San Diego State really took that to heart. You know, I, I really honestly, I had them as a first round out to Charleston. And, you know, they survived against Charleston. Let's call it what it was. They were, I mean, that was a tie ball game with a minute left to go. And, and they got by um, by the skin of their teeth. And listen, like we mentioned with Gonzaga, winning games at this point is winning games. It doesn't necessarily matter how you're winning games. You could win every single game of the tournament by one point and you'd still get the trophy for a national championship. It doesn't matter if you win by 15 or by three or six or whatever. You know, but San Diego State kind of took that Charleston game to heart and they've really stepped it up and they're playing really, really well right now. I think this is a San Diego State team with that defense that, I mean, this is going to be a heck of a matchup with Creighton on the, on Sunday night. I'm really excited to see the offense of Creighton versus the defense of San Diego State. You know, if you're San Diego State, you, you probably look at this game a lot like you looked at the Alabama game. You've got Creighton, who's a pretty high-scoring, really um, quick-tempo offense, and that's a lot of what Alabama does. So I think that that Alabama game is going to be a good kind of setup for this game against Creighton. But Creighton needs to look at what Alabama did against San Diego State and go, okay, listen, that's a team that plays like we do. We need to learn from what they did wrong 
and fix it before you know it, it's too late because I, I think whoever wins this game is going to be set up for a, a phenomenal chance to get to a national championship and win. And I, I think that that's something that college basketball needs right now. College basketball needs some parity. And I, I'm, I mentioned it on the podcast earlier this week about how, you know, it's the year of the mid-majors, right? And, and so to see a team from the Mountain West and the Big East, which I know we call the Big East a Power Six conference, but, you know, if we're going by a traditional Power Five, these are teams outside that that realm. They're outside of that gap. So I'm excited to see, you know, a team from outside the Power Five conferences get a chance to compete for a national championship in a Final Four. I definitely think that that whoever wins this game is going to have a great chance to do that. And I mean, this this you know potentially as a five six could be the best game in the Elite Eight. Yeah, it really could be. And I, I honestly, I think it's kind of hard to pick one game that's going to be a great one because I, I, I could see all these games just being absolute classics. And so I would really advise everybody listening to watch these games. Um, they're just, especially in, like at this point in the in the tournament, whenever everybody's playing for so much more. Like round 64, you're playing really hard. You want to continue your season. But Elite Eight, like you can see the end in sight, the things you've been working for all year. It's, it's right there. You just got to win three more and you're there. You've won it. And so um, the level of passion that, that rises um, as, this, as the tournament goes on is always fun to watch. And all these teams that, you know, maybe maybe if Creighton was playing Alabama, they'd be a little less confident. But now they're playing San Diego State. That's only one seat above them. They can win that game. You think about, you know, Gonzaga could have been playing Kansas here. And it's like, well, Kansas has been a really good team all year. But, no, we're playing UConn. We're, we're supposed to be a better team than UConn. So a lot of these teams are probably feeling like, you know, they've gotten um, where they are for a reason and they're playing teams that they, they feel like they can they, they can they can handle. And so I'm excited to see how these teams and all these games really play out. I definitely agree. I think that, you know, we mentioned uh, literally on the day the brackets were announced, we said, listen, take the seating as a grain of salt. Right. We said of any a year to have just crazy seeding it was going to be this year we said that listen you're going to see a lot of teams that aren't necessarily high seeds move on and you know i don't think that you and i thought it would be to this extent right i i, I know i definitely all of my final four teams have lost and so um i think that it's good to see right i think it's good to see these teams that we don't necessarily normally see move on but at the same time, I think that, you know, there was a, a little bit of a, of a warning from from us, from other analysts out there that said, listen, this is just it's going to be a weird tournament. So just buckle up. Seating's kind of weird. The way they did it is kind of weird. But I, I think that this tournament has definitely lived up to the hype. The chaos is everywhere. And, and I just fully expect for that chaos to ensue, c- to continue. And so that leads us into our last game that we'll talk about here. Miami, Texas, Miami blew Houston out the water. I was not necessarily surprised that Miami won. I actually, fun fact, picked Miami Houston in this game and picked Miami to win. So a little little bit of my toot my own horn there because this was literally the only game I have right at this point. But, um, you know, Miami is playing passionate basketball. I think that they're taking that five seed, the, the personal Right. This is a team that we mentioned had a good chance to win the ACC. They were the number one team coming out of the ACC in the ACC tournament. And, you know, they they underperformed against Duke. But 
I mean, it's Duke, right? Duke was playing unbelievable basketball at that point in time. Uh, Norm Muir got hurt early in the game. And so, you know, it's hard for anybody to really sit here and make an argument that, you know, they lost because they were in a better team or, or whatnot, because you are missing your best uh, big man down low. You're missing your best rebounder. So to to have him back and healthy and to be playing basketball at such a high level like they're doing right now, I, I think is really impressive from Miami. And, you know, I I mean, they feel as good as anybody right now about their chances at winning a national championship. Yeah, they definitely do. And this is a Miami team that I remember filling out the bracket and just based off of what I knew about this team going into the tournament, I was like, um, maybe they're a sweet 16 at best, um, probably around a 32 team, just depending on who they get matched up with. And I feel like all their matchups have been favorable thus far. Um, so many games that against teams that I feel like they just matched up well against. Um, Drake was not a 12 seed that I really was scared to beat them. Uh, Indiana was a team that I felt like they had the edge over, especially recently in this season. And then Houston's a, the one seed that I just doubted on more so than any other one seed all year. And so Miami's just, I feel like, has had a good, a good path to where they are now. And it's it's been in their favor this entire time. And now they're matched up against, in my opinion, a team that should have been a one seed and a Texas team that at this point is probably the favorite to win the whole thing. Uh, they I mean, they're definitely the favorite to win the whole thing. I watched that Xavier game last night. They dominated. I mean, they're playing out of their minds basketball right now. This Miami-Texas game could be 100-101. I mean, these are going to be two really high-powered offenses going at it. You know, Miami has scored over 80 points in their last two games, and Texas has over 80 in their last game, and then 71 in the game against Penn State. Both teams pride themselves on that offense. Both teams have decent enough defenses to where it's going to be really interesting to see who gets an edge. And I think that this game for Miami is a lot like the Houston game. Honestly, you look at, I mentioned on the podcast, it was going to be Isaiah Wong versus Marcus Sasser. And well, obviously Isaiah Wong and, and Miami ended up having a better day. But I think that that's going to be the same here. It's going to be Marcus Carr versus Isaiah Wong. And, and then the supporting casts will be definitely trying to to get their noses in there as well. But it's going to be whatever superstar can make the most noise early and, and can kind of get going early because I think that these are both really motivated basketball teams. And honestly, the winner of this game is probably my favorite to win the tournament just because of how well both teams are playing right now. Yeah, I think that's a great take. Um, Texas especially has just been playing such great basketball for like the last month. It seems like they had that one little skid, and um, we kind of talked about that skid and if we were worried about Texas because of it. And I really wasn't. It was the Big 12. It made sense that they were going to go through a skid at some point. And uh, here they are just – I think they're just showing how much better the Big 12 is than every other conference. Um, obviously, the Big 12 having two teams in the um, Elite Eights, very impressive, but – um, really just how both those teams have played to this point. And I get that other teams have lost, but that's going to happen at some point. It can't be all Big Big 12 in the Elite Eight. I mean, it could be, I guess, but it's not, it wasn't going to happen. Um, and, and so I, I think both those teams in Kansas State and Texas have represented the Big 12 very well. And, and Texas especially has just uh, proven that that little skid they went through was just because of the, the toughness of their schedule, not because they're a bad team. And, um, yeah, I like what you're saying there. The, the winner of this game definitely sets themselves up for um, – a national championship run, or at least an appearance uh, very well. I definitely agree. If you're, you know, you're the big 12 right now, 
you've got to feel really, really good at your chances of getting at least one of these, if not both of these teams in the national championship. Both teams are just playing phenomenally. And I don't think it's to anybody's surprise, right? Like these are two teams all year in a conference all year long that has dominated. These are two of the best teams in that conference. And so I think that to see both teams succeed and to see both teams continue to win basketball games in this tournament is to no surprise to me, at least both of these teams are really high. I was high on Texas a couple uh, a couple weeks ago, and then they lost. And I I kind of backed off that that high, but you know I'm gonna um I feel bad, but I'm gonna jump back on the hype train because I think that this is just this is a really really good Texas basketball team, and you know they've kind of had the luxury of playing their brand of basketball, and you know I think that their brand of basketball suits really well for tournament style play, just because of how electric their offense is. You know I, I think that a lot of times you see teams like. Tennessee and Virginia kind of struggle because of of how they play basketball. And, you know, when it works, it works and it's awesome. But if it doesn't work, it's hard to get away from that kind of defensive brand of basketball. However, when you're playing that offensive style, when you're playing with so much heart and so much athleticism and you're playing so fast, you can slow the game down more because, you know, you, you're kind of controlling that. You're controlling the tempo. And so I think that Texas is is primed for a great opportunity in this game and a great opportunity to uh, bring a national championship back to Austin for, for the first time in a while. Yeah. And then, I mean, you'd feel really good about that because you did pick them at one point, you did pick them as your what was the second team that you had at that point. Yeah. That I yeah, said, so. Kansas was my favorite and Texas was my second favorite, but I almost can't claim it because I backed off so hard. And I was, I'm, but yeah. I mean, I'm going to count it for personal purposes, but I almost can. I mean, it was pretty close. I backed off pretty hard there for a little while. Yeah, I, I would. Um, I, I would claim it if I was you. I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, guys, these games, all four of these games, are going to be phenomenal. They're going to start tonight at six with Kansas State and FAU. Gonzaga uh, and UConn will come on after that as well. So uh, I know that I'm really excited about that. Thomas, you got something you want to say? Yeah, real quick. Um, we didn't really talk too much about FAU. I feel like and okay. Well, let's give them a spotlight. Uh, another team I needed to apologize to. Um, I had them out in the round of sixty four. I thought that they were a fluke. I thought they like as a mid major that they just weren't. I thought they were overrated. Um, I thought that them getting a a nine seed was just way too high, and and clearly I was wrong about them. So I just wanted to shout out all the FAU fans out there that listen to our podcast. I know there's a huge number of them from that um that area and so I just, I just want to shout out FAU for the run that they've had um it hasn't been the toughest run I mean they did have to go through uh FDU so like it wasn't like they were playing uh number one Purdue they played a 16 seed but you you know they've they've been able to win games that's the name of the game here and so I just want to shout out FAU um I've doubted them this entire time and they, they proved me wrong time and again so yeah shout out FAU um if you guys can pull off the whole thing I would love it. I'd love to see the, the you know, the highest seed left end up winning it. So, um, yeah, shout out FAU. Yeah, hey, credit where credit's due. Like I said, I picked them as my 16th best team in in my rankings on Monday. So, I mean, you know, listen, this is a team that continues to prove people wrong. They got a really tough game in Kansas State tonight, though. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be tough. This is by far their hardest game so far. So but I mean, listen, after the tournament we've had, after the games that we've seen so far, Anything can happen. I'm not I'm not counting anything out at this point. I mean, we could have San Diego State, UConn, Miami, and FAU in the in the final four. We're gonna have just a bunch of really high seeds in it. I mean, listen, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. 
these games are going to be awesome. I cannot wait to see them. Like I mentioned, Kansas State, uh, FAU is tonight. Gonzaga, UConn comes on after that, give or take however long that Kansas State game takes. Um, Sunday night, we'll start with Creighton and San Diego State. Or excuse me, that's at this in the afternoon at 2 p.m. on Sunday. So uh, don't get that mixed up. It is not Sunday night. It is Sunday afternoon at 2.20 p.m. on CBS, Creighton, San Diego State. And then the Miami-Texas game will come on around five, give or take, depending on how long that Creighton game takes. Listen, Thomas, I know that I'm excited. I know that you're excited. Um, we're going to be uh, pretty active on social media, like always, like we have been pretty much all tournaments. So you're going to want to follow us on Twitter at next underscore gen underscore a T H. Once again, that is on Twitter at next underscore gen underscore a T H. We are also on Instagram at next underscore gen underscore athletics. We're going to be way more active on the Twitter page though. So you're going to definitely want to follow that before you follow the Instagram. But the Instagram is good because we always post things about when we're um, coming out with a new podcast episode. So sometimes you can um, get that kind of lost in the Twitterverse. But uh, Instagram is really good about making sure that we know um, or we can make sure that you guys know when we come out with a new episode. And we are also on Facebook as well as a page at Next Gen Athletics. And we're a group at Next Gen Athletics Club because here at Next Gen Athletics, we just love to be a club. We're one big happy club here at Next Gen Athletics. I still, I love it. I think it's funny. <laughs> Thomas, I appreciate you getting on on a on an early Saturday morning, getting this content out for our fans. Uh, rest up and we will talk to you guys on Sunday night.